0: Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. As always, Let's Chat is a part of the Misfits Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the Misfits Network.com for more information about this show and all the other great podcasts that the Misfits Network has to offer. Wonderful guest today, stand up comedian Jimmy LaChase. He is the man, the reason I asked him on. I friend of the show. Adrian King, who has been a guest, he has an amazing podcast called Adrian Has Issues. Uh, I listen to a show, and sometimes when I hear guests that I like in other shows, I try to steal them. I stole one of his other guests, uh, Jeff Beck of Eastside Mags, an amazing comic book store in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, and then I heard Jimmy Chase on there when I was going through the back catalog, and I was like, fuck it, Uh, funny dude gonna ask him on so big thanks to adrian for letting me steal of your guest so jimmy jimmy is a new york city based stand-up comedian uh, he works as a production company with some buddies called mood swing comedy book shows he's just all over the place he's on the internet i think his website is probably one of the most cleverly named brace for dot uh i see what he did there and then he's on twitter all the Facebook, YouTube, all the places you could find people these days. Uh, Jimmy's pretty active on the old Twitter. Uh, you can find him at Lechaste, Lechased l e c h a s e d, and uh, make sure you also check out his podcast that Adrian turned me on to, the History of Comedy with Jim. The History of Comedy with Jimmy Lechase. Uh, Adrian turned me on to it. It's like, like told me he's like, you gotta listen to this episode called the Rant. Well, I listened to that episode and I was like. Uh, I gotta have Jimmy on, and that was that was the moment. Uh, actually, listening to that, that episode, uh, I was like, "Jimmy, please come on." He said yes. Uh, but Jim's a fucking man. I mean, he's fucking performed with Al, Magical Dave, Patel, all these amazing comedians, and also he's got a little tour coming up. Uh, Mootsing Comedy has a GoFundMe for their tour. They're going out t- in October. Looks like for uh, the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth in Oregon. So make sure you go check out their GoFundMe page, GoFundMe.com slash Torval. All the links are in the bottom and also on our website, themisfitsnetwork.com. Find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Leave us a review. Uh, That stuff really helps. And uh, I'm very active on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. There's a Let's Chat Facebook. uh, But everything else is on Misfitsnetwork.com. Big thanks for Jimmy for coming on. Uh, Well, let's get to it i was actually just listening to your podcast like up to like a few minutes ago so it's kind of funny
1: Oh, nice <laughs> I am. Um... No, thank you you're the one
0: but uh, so I'll just tell you how I learned of who you are is um, you were on Adrian, had his issues probably a while back. I don't know when it was.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, that was a few months ago.
0: Yeah. And then um, I ended up meeting with kind of getting becoming friendly with him through Twitter. And then like uh, he, I was on his show and he's been on mine. And then I, I just like that. It was just a good episode. I was like, oh, Adrian had a comedian on. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I love comedy. Nice. And then I just started following you on Twitter. And you're really funny on Twitter. And then, oh, um, thank you. I, oh, you're welcome. He just, I just had him back on last week, and we were talking about something, and just out of the blue, he mentioned your podcast again because i saw your podcast, so I was like, and it was funny because I found your podcast, The History of Comedy, while also was simultaneously thinking, I was like, I want to learn the history of comedy, but I don't <laughs> want to put any of the work into it, like you know what I mean? I was like, is there a documentary where I could find this? Because I don't want to. I, yeah, I wish there was. It. Yeah, and so it just kind of went hand in hand. And then the other day, Andrew, I was talking to Adrian, and he just like mentioned it again. He's like, uh, his episode—it's not up yet—but he just mentioned something about your episode. He's like, you have to listen to the Ray. It's like the best podcast episode ever. So I was listening to it uh, the last couple of days. And oh like, yeah, that one. <laughs> it's really good. I love it.
1: It's awesome. Oh, thanks. That was, I was—I don't—I don't know what got into me that day. I really but, don't.
0: I uh, well, I think it's it's so appropriate uh, for the time frame because I feel like this conversation and comedy keeps coming up with the whole PC thing and. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of line my views with you of, like, part of, like, anything could be funny, but also, like, well, I mean, you, uh, the story of your, on your episode of some kid who shrubbed your open mic and just was a fucking dick,
1: and... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, but that, that happens, and I think that was, like, wrapped into some other stuff that mm-hmm. was probably going on at the time, like, just like, a, a, like, a national scene. I think it was, like, during, it was during... God, there was another one of one of those, you know, our monthly get mad at a comedian.
0: Yeah, Seinfeld won't play colleges because they're too PC. I was like, I don't give a fuck if Seinfeld plays colleges. He doesn't. I think it would be I colleges. think it would be
1: awesome if Jerry did play colleges. Yeah, I, I think I, just because I, he would have to work so much harder to win those audiences over now. Like I mean, like, before I think he probably would have been fine, but until he said that, now it's now he kind of fucked himself. Yeah, I, mean, I think but... he should do it. I thought I, thought, I also thought it would be funny if um like. Kevin James and like Ray Romano yeah. <laughs> and Drew Carey went on a college tour, oh. like just to kind of like the stick it to Seinfeld college tour. Oh my god! Like I think that would be funny because I bet they would do well. Like they're uh, really yeah. good comics. Like they would they would figure out how to do well. I know they would.
0: Oh, oh, they would kill it, and like yeah. And if you're a comedian of that size, you're not just playing like their fucking student union. You're going to be at like a university amphitheater and you're to right it's, yeah money.
1: like my my friend mark uh norman opens for amy schumer and he was saying like when she does colleges now it's like eight thousand people like so he was at like some florida some college in florida opening for her last year and uh he was like yeah it was like eight 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 thousand and then they just did one that was like twelve thousand which wow that sounds crazy to me but i i, I would like to do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> damn I, I fucking love amy schumer um I, geez, the, I went to the Oddball Comedy Fest last year up here, and um, Louis was the headliner. And Amy, I thought Amy Schumer was the funniest one that night.
1: Oh yeah, it a, definitely, probably. And, I, don't know, I, it's, I love. It's Louis, strange how that works.
0: I love Louis C.K. I'm not, I, I think obviously he's brilliant. Blah blah blah, he's great. I, I, I mm-hmm. won't, there's no even reason to talk about how great he is because everyone's already said it. But um, I, I've seen him live a couple times, and I really enjoy it. But he's he's just a lot lower of an energy. And Amy was just like a fucking powerhouse when she came out, so like it's just different, but I just I just really like it. Was
1: him. um was Itel on that show? Yeah. Which I yeah, fucking
0: uh, saw you heard that you opened for we featured for him. I wanted to ask you about that. Because I, I fucking love Dave Attell. He's the Yeah, he's
1: best. he's one of my favorite comedians to watch. And working with him was great a couple months. Oh god, it was like almost a month and a half ago now. Um But no, like every time like I see like him on a bill. With anyone, I, I, I think he'd probably be the one I paid the most attention to. Yeah, he is. I don't He's just something about...
0: Well, it was strange to see him in an ample theater. the way
1: he can he stand up. Like him and Doug Stanhope, yeah.
0: Yeah, Stanhope too. Oh,
1: yeah, that would be weird. I mean, I don't know that I could... Because I was talking to him when I was featuring for him. Like, he did theaters, and he, like, liked it. But he said he just likes clubs so much better. And, I, I mean, he can do theaters. He's got the act for it, but... Um, yeah, it's, that, that would be weird to see him in a huge amphitheater. He's if not it a big was, guy.
0: It, it was awesome, but it was still, like, it's funny because he's doing crowd work, but, like, you can't oh, see him. Oh, he's just something. doing crowd work
1: in a theater? That's really funny. An amphitheater. <laughs> really funny.
0: Yes, but, like, you can't <laughs> see who he's talking to, so it was kind of funny. Like, he's funny, but you could just hear, like, say something to some woman, and then, and like, I don't know what she said, but it's David Tell, so he could. Because Brody right. Stevens, like, featured, he was, like. Oh, uh,
1: Brody's the best. I yeah, love Brody. Yeah, I fucking Brody. love that
0: dude. Um, I loved his show on Comedy Central. That's how I first heard of him.
1: Oh, is that um, Enjoy It? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great show. That's a great show. Yeah, that was a great show. I like what... That was uh, on HBO Go first, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's how... Because my wife and I saw it before everyone else did because it was like a digital series on HBO. Yeah. and then that was like right like when everyone first kind of figured out HBO Go because of Game of Thrones, so probably like five years ago. Oh wow! But um, yeah, it was like when it was like them and it was it was enjoy it with Brody Stevens and the other one was um, Garfunkel and Oates.
0: Yeah, I seen those the, on there. Then they disappeared and then I know I I, I, I um yeah because I, I, I steal my in-laws HBO Go, and like it's really hard to find some of their digital content in there, but it's fu- it's fucking great.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I wish they would bring Mr. Show out, but I guess they can't. So.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's like a, because there are some shows I, I always wonder about that. I wonder why that's not on there. Because like the comeback. Well, I, think is
1: on read, there. I think I read something where like. <laughs> there's no reason that they're not that they can't. I guess they, they just, just don't. So I don't know. Maybe
0: it's like a DVD thing. They like we're still making too much yeah. money off the DVDs. Because like I uh, yeah, I watched the comeback on there because never heard of that show ever. So I watched it ten years after it aired. And it was just uh-huh. fucking blown away. I was like, "Oh, my that's god. that's a great
1: show." It's the new it's, season's good too. I I, really, I love that show. It's, we just it's, started we just started like rewatching Friends too, which I have never really watched when it was on the air. I think. Oh, dude,
0: the first five seasons of Friends are like um, sitcom gold because it's Jim Barrows. It's not bad.
1: It's really not bad. Amazing. I thought it was gonna be terrible, but it was good. Like um, then we watched like three or four episodes. Yeah. I was like, oh, holy shit, this kind of works.
0: It, dude, the jokes are, they fucking hit hard, and it's, it's funny, and you turn your, it's great, and then it gets kind of dumb, but, like...
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, I, it, there's, because I, I did the same thing when Friends came back out. I, I couldn't remember, I forgot how many episodes of Friends I had liked that were all next to each other. It's like mm-hmm. when you look at old Simpsons seasons, you're like, all these episodes were in the same season?
1: Yeah, like, s- somehow there's six years of Simpsons episodes that just happened one after the other that are, like, perfect. Y- yeah, and yeah, exactly. Like, how did that How did that happen?
0: It wasn't like there's a monorail episode and then something terrible after. Like, this happened, then this happened, and then they're like, what?
1: Yeah, there's, like, chunks of seasons of that show where it's just, like, I can't – they're all classics. Like, season four and five, I think you could probably pull those. Season eight is really good. Like, I didn't realize that until recently, that season eight is, like, an incredibly good season. Is, what,
0: what is a, is that, I don't, I just, they're all in a blur, because I've seen them all so no,
1: I know, that's the thing, but I, I just, like, watch them, because now we have, like, that uh, Simpsons World thing. Through oh, FX I'm so jealous. So, um, oh, and they fixed, like, the aspect ratio weirdness, so, like, you're not missing sign jokes now, because they cut it to fit this. Oh, I
0: heard about that, which is, uh-huh. and the sign jokes are, like, they're, they're, they're non-visual guys. There's gaps, so many the of them. Part. Yeah.
1: It's, it's so um so, yeah, I don't know, we just, we like went through Season 8, and I just remember being like, holy shit, this is like, it was a much better, it was the one, yeah, it was much better than I think I remembered it being, like, even as I was watching it, but it's been on for 75 years, so it's hard to tell I them think apart. think
0: Season 10 is where I kind of drop off.
1: Season 10, I think when Homer becomes, um, I think when Homer becomes a, a submarine captain,
0: yeah, I that think that's one, where I was still holding on. That's the on. one
1: where I, I remember watching it happen on TV as a, so let's see, season 10 would have been 99. I think I was probably like 16 or 17 years old. I remember watching it and being like, I think this is it. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's the, I, I, for some reason I remember very distinctly being like I will accept Homer Simpson as a, a an astronaut by accident. But for some reason, a submarine captain was too much. I was like, nope, they've gone too far out of reality. Like I was willing to say, take Homer the astronaut. But that submarine episode, I remember it. That's what I was just like, I'm done with the show now.
0: I think I might have gone a little farther. Uh, I'm 30, so... I I'm probably,
1: 32. Okay. So, so I, mean, I, I mean... So, yeah, it, I was
0: probably... Four t- I probably was another two years of just, like, I still wasn't going out on Sunday nights or whatever.
1: Right. I still watched it, but I just... I remember that was, like, my point with the show where it was, yeah. like, I'm out. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to like this anymore.
0: I think about, like, I'm like, when did I stop watching The Simpsons? I'm like, I don't know if I ever stopped watching it on Sundays.
1: I don't know. So I think I, it, it was it was probably right before my senior year of high school because I think that's you know everyone kind of goes nuts their senior year of high school.
0: Yeah, and my parents would let me out go out on a Sunday on a school night. And right. So, yeah. And I remember like, but I remember falling really hard for Family Guy, the first time around. And the oh second yeah, time around.
1: everyone did.
0: And then and um, South
1: Park. Well, South Park I still love, but like yeah. I I got I dove into South Park pretty hard.
0: Yeah. When that came out, I don't think I was allowed to watch it, but I still did. I think South Park's one of the few shows that actually gets better with age.
1: Like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's been doing some of its best work the last few seasons. It, honestly, it, it,
0: it's perplexing of how good it is. And I, I just got to see a uh, book of Mormon on Broadway and like, how was guys. that? I
1: have I've never seen that.
0: I now love musical theater. But that's how good it was. It oh, was good. so incredible. And like, I went, I really wanted to see it cause I thought it was gonna be really funny. And it was, and my wife really wanted to see it cause she loves theater cause she's from Jersey. And, uh,
1: is that a thing? I, or do all people from New Jersey I just, like just As theater? I said
0: that, I was like, does that make sense? Well, she's from like outside New, like outside New York City, so like they grew up going to like Broadway and oh, I Opera. You're one of those people. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, she's the best. And uh, huh? so she's like, oh, this looks great. It's just a great musical that's supposed to be funny. And then I fell in love harder with the music, and she fell in love harder with the jokes because it was really a, a beautiful Broadway play. And um, from what I've her, what she was telling me is she liked it because uh, unlike most musicals, like each song was uh, part of the story, so it propelled the story. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just like a musical break for no fucking reason. It was every mm-hmm. second of it was a value to a joke or a reference to the whole story to propel it forward. And then,
1: well, that's like their whole thing. Yeah, I mean, those guys know. I mean, they, those guys, um... are storytelling.
0: like the episode where they make fun of Mel Gibson. Like, say what you will about him, but goddammit, does he know story structure?
1: Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, that show is. It's it's still weird to me how underappreciated it is, even though it seems like it's such an obvious.
0: I mean, in my head, it should have every Peabody Emmy. I mean, I think they are egots, though. I think those two guys are egots.
1: That would make sense. If, well, they definitely won a bunch of. They won Tonys. Uh, Tonys and then I the wonder, Oscar probably, for the movie. Did they win for Blame Canada?
0: I believe it was. Yeah. I, I had, they did. I think they won. I I have to look it up, but I think I had a conversation with someone recently, and we looked. It well, they'll probably win the best
1: music. They'll probably win it for Book of Mormon when that comes out. Anyway, they'll probably win an Oscar. They won a ton that, of
0: Tonys for that.
1: Yeah, so they'll probably almost. They kind
0: of they, they stay out of the public eye, though. I kind of respect that. They're, that very <laughs> they're, <just> like, <laughs> they're very smart. They just like they're very smart. They just kind of like to like they just kind of stick to their work and then do
1: their.
0: Well, thing. Well, I heard
1: something. I don't I don't know how true this is, but I heard something very early on that. You know, when they came about in, in Comedy Central, Comedy Central wasn't doing that great, because this would have been probably like, shit, 98, maybe, ninety seven, ninety yeah. eight, 98, and, um, you know, stand-up really wasn't doing great, Comedy Central didn't have much original programming at the time that they were, like, really doing well with, um... And, you know, South Park caught on as, like, a, a chain email that people were sending each other in Hollywood. Like, that's how it caught on. It was, like, this little handmade construction paper cartoon that, like, somehow, like, George Clooney got his hands on and circulated it.
0: Yeah, so I read South-
1: that. Yeah, and then so what happened was, like, Comedy Central decided to pick it up, but they were, like, they they didn't have much money. And so what they did is, and I don't know how true this is, they gave... Uh, the creators of South Park, like a ton of stock options (laughs) that like if their show picked up would have increased like exponentially and they never expected it to be the hit that it became. And so that happened. And then from what I understand, uh, the creators of South Park actually went and bought more stock. (laughs) So they had like a controlling interest in comedy central for years not like a not like a large, not like they were like running the company, but they had enough stock between them to where that's how they ended up being able to like get away with all the shit that they would get away oh. with because they literally owned like thirty percent of the company.
0: Knowing those dudes, that would make sense, right?
1: That's fucking smart, man. Like, I mean, if all of a sudden you're flushed with all that money and you're working for a network that's not doing well and you have that chance to go in and buy a piece of it, fuck. Wow. I mean, why not? That's just smart. Those dudes are smart, man. Like, I really think they gotta.
0: They have good business sense.
1: Yeah, they've done everything right.
0: And I mean, you're a professional comedian. Like anyone who makes it in com any the arts, like you gotta have the art in the business aspect because they are can be two different animals.
1: Right, and that's shitty too because no one likes to talk about the business side of things. But like when you're really good at it, and you see like like when you see someone like Louis, who I think is just accidentally really good at it. Like, I think he just learned over the course of time, like, how to be good at what he's doing. And he
0: always had, like, a job while he did stand-up, which I don't know if everyone knows that. He was writing for, like, Conan and the...
1: Chris oh, Rock yeah, he, Show always and... did, he always did that stuff. Like, he... He, he just didn't yeah, come so out was... of nowhere at
0: 40. He had been doing it forever in some facet.
1: Well, there was, there was like, a whole thing that happened in... Um, uh, uh, there was, like, a whole thing that happened in, like, the mid-90s when it was... Um, Atell and uh, Louis were going back and forth uh, to see who was um, gonna be like the king of the New York stand-up comedy scene. And Atell won. People don't know that. Like that, Louis talks about it, but like Atell beat him out for like being um, like the king of like the New York stand-up comedy scene. But the, the shitty thing about that is it happened all like post '80s boom. So really, that was like being the king of. Pennsylvania. It didn't matter. You know, it was just, it was kind of like, a tell is a tell. He's one of the probably 10 best stand up comics that's ever lived. But it was that, I mean, that's why you see guys from that era that are starting to get big now is because it's taken people to like my age, you know, our age that had like grew up, were the only people watching Comedy Central. And now that we're in a position to like work with these people, we're bringing them back. Like Amy Schumer's doing it for, like Colin Quinn, who's the funniest person on the planet. Oh,
0: yeah, him and Atel are both in Trainwreck.
1: Yeah, and she's doing it with Attell, too. So, like, she's, like, doing what I think all comics should do and just help other comics get stage time and get more notoriety.
0: Apatow's good about that, too. He's, like, big because he had, like, a lot of great mentors, and then he, like... Well, Shanling, he it.
1: came up under Gary Shandling, who's yeah. probably the most underappreciated comedian of oh, the last dude. 50 I, years
0: the gary's uh, uh, the larry sanders show might be my favorite show ever made in history of tv
1: larry sanders is, i mean i i my wife and i have talked about this my wife is a big comedy fan too and she's very knowledgeable about all that stuff and we've talked about like where the comedy we like now comes from
0: it all like you can
1: trace is, yeah. like everything back to like simpsons larry sanders and Cheers are, like, the three, yeah. like, you can see, like, every, you can see shades of them in, like, every popular show.
0: And a lot of, is it, Sam, Sam Simon wrote for Cheers.
1: Yes, he did, and The Simpsons.
0: And, uh, and Simpsons, and then, uh, James, L. I, 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 I do this, I like to make comedy trees, because, you know, I, I'm not a comedian, but I, the last few years have just become so obsessed with it, because of pop comedy podcast. and, like, right. I think, for me, it's like it all kind of stems from Taxi, which I've never watched, because everyone I've ever loved worked on Taxi, who went on to The Simpsons, who went on to this, who went on to that.
1: Who well, yeah, that Taxi thing. was incredible. Like, Taxi did a lot of.
0: I need to watch it. Taxi
1: yeah. actually would have been a better show without Andy Kaufman. A lot of people don't disagree with me, but I think it would have been better without him. I'm going to watch like, it because. For once. With... I never saw Taxi. That...
0: Isn't that weird?
1: Oh, you never saw Taxi? No,
0: I just know that everyone I loved has worked on it, and I'm like, i got to go back and watch it. It's on Hulu, so I'm gonna actually watch it. It's my goal.
1: Oh, it's a great show. It's it's a it's it's really good. But it would have actually. I mean, I love Andy Kaufman to death, but like it would have been a better show without him. He just didn't make sense. Because you got it, like isn't.
0: yeah, Sam Simon, James L. Brooks are both taxi guys who went on to The Simpsons, and then uh, I mean, oh, I mean, James L.
1: James oh, L. Brooks is the best.
0: And then uh, Aptow came from uh, um, the Larry Sanders Show as well.
1: Uh, sorta. I mean, I I mean, think he was a
0: consulting producer or something like that. He worked on it not immensely, but.
1: Well, yeah, he came, he, he actually came up with Adam Sandler. They were yeah yeah. I, I'm reading um, his
0: book right now, the 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 Sick in the Head book.
1: Sick in the yeah, I got that too. I just I got I've read up to Albert Brooks so far. I love what? Albert Brooks.
0: Yeah yeah. There's a lot of people. See, I never knew how much these people influenced me until I'm like going back and reading the book.
1: Well, that's because we were raised on the people that had <laughs> were already influenced them. Yeah. You know, so like we it's it's weird to now be. I mean, I don't know, I, I think when you're, I, you know, I'm so heavily into history now because of like my podcast, so like I'm finding stuff out that I, I really feel kind of stupid for finding out, you know, but um, like it's it's really funny to see, like you said, like when you make like comedy trees and you trace things back to like the beginning and you start seeing how unoriginal everything is, yeah. it kind of makes you go, oh, okay, <laughs> I got to take a little bit of pressure off myself. (laughs) People have been doing the same shit for 300 years, but it's all the same. Like when you go like, even like if you go back to like the way like comedy shows were set up, like I guess you would call them comedy shows. They were like variety shows that like toured like music halls and stuff. And like that is still the same basic format as comedy shows today. Like there's an opening act, there's a feature, there's a big act everyone came to see and it's all it's all the same. It's just it's crazy, but I, I like that shit.
0: Imagine coming up in that like, I wish Leno would coming, do a... coming
1: up in the traveling music hall circuit. That yeah, to be a bitch.
0: there's gotta People be. May... I wonder if anyone left from that. Well, I know Leno kind of he's talked about coming up in like jazz clubs when they. Like... Oh
1: fuck Leno! Leno talks about it like he's like some fucking journeyman that didn't do yeah. what every other goddamn comic was doing at the time. The thing about Leno is that. It, I don't really care for his Tonight Show. It I wasn't it wasn't designed to it, appeal to us. Yeah, it, was it wasn't a, for me. designed to appeal to the people that watched it, and they did it to great effect. The thing about Leno that bothers me is that he used to be an amazing comedian. Oh
0: yeah, like he
1: used to be like pretty edgy at, for the time, and he was like a hard worker, and he would like do gigs everywhere, and then he kind of sold that out to do his Tonight Show, and I think that's why so many comics get on him, but. That's always what bothered me, is he, like, completely changes the conduct. So
0: you don't think he was, like, a true, true stand-up?
1: No, I think he was probably one of the truest stand-ups until he got to Tonight Show. I really yeah. do. Like, was, Seinfeld is, great. like...
0: I mean, he did the show, and now he's still doing stand-up. Like, you can just tell he'll do it forever. Like, that's the guy who's never going to stop.
1: Yeah, but why wouldn't you do it forever? Yeah, You know, it's not it's not... It's like...
0: Well, there, I think there's definitely people out there, men and women, who do it as the tool to get to the next thing, and then oh stop.
1: yeah, as a stepping stool. Like, and a lot, you, I you think, I would up, imagine yeah. a lot of
0: stand-ups ups like you must fucking hate those people, like you're taking spots from me.
1: Oh, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care about them. I, you, it, it's, that's that's a thing that I think you, as a performer or as an and anyone who does anything artistic, like even like with podcasting and stuff, like you got to get to a point where you just don't care what other people are doing or why they're doing it. Can because you zip you those just, people out? Do I, well, everyone do you, knows why everyone's doing stuff. It just it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Like you can always tell, like when a new comic comes out to an open mic or something, and they're there because they are they took an acting class, and someone said, you know, it's good exposure to do stand up. Like you can you know people like that, but then at the same time, that doesn't mean they're not funny. They're not good. Some, sometimes they're very good. It's just they have a different goal. Like they won't I, I be think, it,
0: they won't do it in 5 years
1: or whatever. Well, they'll stop doing it the second they get a sitcom, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's but that's like what their goal is. So it's 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 hard to it's hard to knock that because it's everyone kind of doing it for the same reasons anyway. I mean, me, I just want to I just want to like do stand up and I want to do stuff like like this tour I'm putting together with like my friends and with this new production group we started. Like I'm putting on shows in New York City. Like, and I'm only doing all that stuff just because I want to get better at stand up. Yeah. Like, I just want to get better and get in front of as many different people as I can because I think that makes me a better comic. Um, but w- I, that's my, that's like my thinking on it. Like, I don't, I, I got, I used to care why other people did it. Now I don't. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it gets in the way of what I want to do. But people like that, like, Patton Oswald said it best. Um, he said like everything he does is so he can do more stand up yeah so like when he gets like acting gigs or like writing gigs and stuff like that and you might think but like when you're like why would he do that and it's so he can do more stand up and david cross did that a lot too like david cross would take a lot of shitty acting work oh, you just mean so the he could <laughs> yeah
0: which i but love like... when he shits all over it it's fucking great and i don't yeah. blame him he's like fuck it dude this is my job yeah, it's I mean, money I want <laughs> a summer <laughs> a lot house of
1: money. people are giving you a ton of money and you're no one's so much an artist that they're going to be like you know what I don't want money like well, it's 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 a thing that you need and if you're the kind of guy like that is like oh I, I want a house in in on part of the world that is in New York City that I can have peace in I will do this chipmunk's movie in order to buy that house like I don't you can't people worry too much about how people make their money it's like come on I know. And the Cheers. only person
0: I think who's ever turned down that I can, that I can think of is uh, Bill Watterson. It's the only person I've ever heard of who's turned down like that kind of money for. What did he turn
1: that down for? A Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin Hobbes. Yeah,
0: he just refused to ever do anything. Never, never licensed it. I mean, but he's probably one of those rare. He's the rarest person, right? No one ever does that.
1: Eh, I mean, I think you would find you'd probably find examples of it, but. The reason yeah. you don't hear about it is because the people don't take yeah. the money. You know what I mean? But, but I that's, that's give a up shit. to them.
0: I don't know why anyone gives a shit that David Cross did the Chipmunks movie. I was like, we still get his because great he... specials.
1: We still got Arrested Development.
0: The guy is yeah, fucking great. Yeah, but he's a be. loud
1: mouth and he's a hypocrite. That's why people got after him, but oh, at yeah. the same time.
0: <laughs> but he was so honest. I, for me, Yeah, was he like, was honest if, about it. If so you're like... honest with your intentions, like, why does David Cross care when I, Chris Revel, in Rhode Island gives a shit about your career? Like, he doesn't know me. I don't give a fuck, dude. Just keep right. making stuff I love. I love the uh, incredible, the incredible, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Like that's an funny.
1: amazing show. That's so an am- I love that show. You know,
0: if he didn't do Chipmunk's movie, he might not be able to have the money to go live in London and do that very low budget TV show.
1: Like, good. Yeah, exactly. He fund your an amazing art. Show.
0: I hope everyone that I like in the world of comedy gets a chance to sell the fuck out and make their money and then continue their artistic. Pr- pr-
1: pr- well, that's pr- the idea. You yeah. got to get to the point where you can, you got to get to a point where you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah, I, think, I think a lot of people want to skip
0: the, the work kind part. of,
1: yeah, which, which you can kind of do that now. I, I don't agree with it, but like, you can, you can kind of do it if you really, um, if you like really hustle. Like there's a lot, of, but the, the, the thing that I, I get sticky when I start talking about this stuff, because there's, there's really no way to get there's no one way to do anything anymore. Like
0: yeah, yeah, there used
1: to be a mechanism in place. Like there used to be, well, during the boom, I mean, I talked about this in my podcast, but like during the boom, you could literally walk into a comedy club and be like, I want to be a comedian. And they'd be like, well, good. You have five minutes tonight. You're our new MC Yeah, because they needed it. They had such a demand for it. But now it's like, you really got to kind of do it on your own. And I think we're seeing, we're seeing what happens when art and commerce and marketing all really do need to come together to help propel the artist, I guess. Like it's never really happened on this level before and we're seeing it happen now. And I think it's pretty, I think it's interesting. It's I think some of it's kind of gross, but at the same time, I've, I've learned enough of it <laughs> to where I'm now like doing this independent like DIY tour with my production group mood swing comedy. And I just, I feel kind of gross about some of the stuff I've had to do, but like now we're like looking for sponsors and like we, we kind of need them. And I realized this is what everyone does now. (laughs) Like this, just this self-promotion going out, asking for things and like working with other people. It's not, there's no such thing as like, you know, like if, if you want to do any kind of art, you want to do it. So other people can have an experience with it and you need to be in front of those people and this is how you do that now it, it it's very weird to me because it's changed very much even in the 6 years from when i started doing stand up well,
0: so- sounds similar to like i came up in like the punk diy scene growing up so it's like oh, the cool. same, yeah it's like the same thing but like if you're a band you got to Make an album, record it, sell ten thousand copies, and then a label might be interested in you. Like, you right. Have so to, like, what?
1: Yeah. Like when you were like coming out, is, you you were in a punk band, or did you just like? I were... was
0: just a, a show more show goer than I couldn't. Oh, I cool. Tried, I couldn't play. So like, when
1: you would like see these bands, like how did you find out about them? Like uh, what did you do? It, it, was, like, it was, was it all on MySpace?
0: Uh, you know, MySpace came... Al- I was before MySpace and then MySpace, definitely, for sure. But I, really, it was just like this weird local community that it fell into. And <laughs> you just go to shows, right? It's the same as comedy or podcasts. Yeah, so just, you right. go to well, a show... Comedy,
1: I, I mean, I'm sure this happens in, like, in everything, but comedy...
0: You just go, and then...
1: It's I, just... It takes over your life at yeah. some point. Like, I, I don't remember friends I had before comedy. Yeah. Like, I have one or two like really good friends that are not in in comedy and then my family of course and that's about it like it just did yeah. like you you're probably very dissimilar with like the punk scene it's probably very all-consuming like
0: when you're young yeah
1: yeah it, it's, it, you, it's, know, it's you nuts. go to
0: a you go to a concert and then you see an opening band and then you buy a shirt and it used to do is like it'd be cd comps where you look at the cd see what bands they said thank you to and then you go buy all those albums right that, same thing um with comedy like um so they did like the writers at the daily show tour. And it came up here in
1: Providence. Was Matt, did you did you see um, Matt Cough? He, he, he was yeah. He was actually a guest on the show. So I fucking love him. I, I've done a bunch of shows with him. He's yeah. great. He's so funny. He was super.
0: He, I saw him there, and then he was my favorite one on the show. So I asked him on Twitter. He actually yeah. He came on this. He, he was on this podcast. He was no, like, Oh, I
1: love him. Yeah, he's great. Was
0: such a nice dude to come on. I was like, Really? You're from The Daily Show? But yeah, super. Yeah, yeah. he was. Oh my god, I think he's so funny. He was. It was him. I, I forgot the rest of the people, but he was the funniest one.
1: Yeah, he's really, he's really, I actually good. Called oh, him that I'm today. trying to think who else would have been, who yeah, else was would him, have been him, uh, Trayvon
0: Free, Jordan Clapper was the, and one of the EPs, not Rory Albanese, because I've seen him before.
1: Um, oh, Rory didn't do it? Weird.
0: No, he wasn't on, I've seen him.
1: He's an I've incredible seen, stand-up comic. I saw
0: him open for Joel McHale once.
1: But no, I he's, he's a way better it. stand-up comic than Joel McHale. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. It's always funny to me when the opener is so much better than the headliner, but the headliner has a sitcom. It's uh, that happens so many times. It's great because it gives the opener a lot of exposure. Yeah, but it's, I had free it's, tickets. it's always funny to me.
0: Well, Adam Lowitz, like, like, uh, I think the guy's name was Adam Lowitz. Is that a guy? He was on that tour. Um, that sounds right.
1: Is that Horowitz? No, that's Beastie no. Boys. No,
0: um, I think that's what it was. He was, the, but he was funny. He was one of the EPs. But Matt Cough was the funniest fucking one on there.
1: Yeah, that's really funny. They, they, I, yeah, that tour was supposed to be really good.
0: Yeah, they, I think they still do it, like here and there. Like, but I, I got to meet. I've had some guests who have worked in the Daily Show in some facet, or like Colbert Report. I didn't realize that all of the staff there—they're all stand-ups or improvers on the side.
1: Oh God! Yeah, like I, I, I know like a bunch of. Like, it's funny because, like, I don't really – this is going to sound bad. I don't really care about other people (laughs) that much. Like, so, like, when I meet someone new, I don't – like, I'm not, like, one of the people – I'm not someone who, like, goes on Facebook and finds out everything they can about them.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually nice. You're not one of those, like, fake people. Like, what can I get from you? It's just Right.
1: Like, well, that – and I'm I'm very standoffish kind of when I first meet people because I – Cause you're a comedian shy. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) fucked in the head. Like all comics. It's Um, like, Oh,
0: I could talk to strangers in front, but I can't, when they talk back to me in a small crowd, it's too
1: hard. It's too hard. I don't like comedians
0: are hilarious like that.
1: Yeah. Um, but like I met him a few, like, Oh, so that's how I met Matt was like, I was filling in as a host at an open mic that my friend Lucas Kaiser runs. And Lucas is a, a really great comic and puts on a lot of really great shows in, in New York. And, uh, lucky enough that he like has me like fill in for him for stuff like that sometimes. And like, I, like I said, I don't know names of like people who write on shows. Like I, I, like, unless I've like met them and talked to them or someone has been like, Oh, you met so-and-so he writes for that. And then I'm like, Oh, that's cool. So Matt cough came to this open mic and he like didn't sign up and it was full. And I didn't really know who he was. And I kept telling him, I was like, I don't think you're going to get up. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna be able to put you on, man. I'm sorry. I feel really bad, but and I'm ta- I'm talking to him too, like 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 a fucking no one's ever like he's never been to an open mic before. I'm like, you know, you got to sign up ahead of time, buddy. <laughs> like, you know, I'm giving him all this shit. And he's uh he's one of the best writers for the Daily Show. I felt pretty shitty after that, but
0: yeah. <laughs> he he's been on TV too.
1: Yeah, he's been on TV. Yeah, I, have,
0: yeah,
1: he... I probably should have known. I probably should have known. But Well, when
0: he was on here, he was, like, the first to tell me, like, he's, like, you know, like, he's probably not, he knows he's not known as a stand-up, like, he's trying to be, but, like, you gotta get the job to support the stand-up habit.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing, like, that's, I I would, like, I think that would be, like, my goal, like, to do some, if I could ever do anything outside of stand-up, I would love to work for, well, I probably would have loved to have worked for the Colbert Report, but... Yeah. I would like to, I would love to do like writing for Daily Show or something like that. But I, I don't know. I don't know that I, that, that, that's my strong suit. But I would, you know, definitely love to try it. But
0: is, is is stand up like your main job, job?
1: Yeah. For now. That's impressive. I do some other like, you know, side stuff to make some extra. But, um, I mean, it's not like I made $12 one week. It's not like it's making a huge amount of money, but, um, (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's my job, but it's very much a, you gotta, gotta treat it like a, like a small business, sort of.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you're an entrepreneur, essentially, like, I have cousins who are musicians and friends who've done it, and, like, you're really just an entrepreneur, right? And, like, your, your your service you're selling is your art, and people don't like to think about it that way, but it is, it is is what it is, Well, though, it's,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's the practical way to look at it. It's not, it's not the, um... Romantic way to see it, yeah, but it's like, definitely we, we like all need per- health
0: insurance, and we all right, exactly need to eat and pay rent. And
1: exactly, you, li- you live in New York City. Yeah, which yeah, is not sort cheap, of. <laughs> we live so far on uh, uh, northern Manhattan. I'm not technically sure they'd let us call it Manhattan anymore, oh. <laughs> but we're like way, way up north and um, above Washington Heights. But yeah, the last affordable neighborhood in Manhattan.
0: So. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, New York is fucking ridiculous. I always under- whenever, whenever I hear like comedians like oh coming up in new york i'm like how the fuck did you guys afford that and uh, I, I think a lot of the people i like might have been trust fund babies or had some family supports
1: oh. like who
0: like nick kroll i know nick back. kroll just
1: had like his, uh, he grew up in westchester right? yeah. white, white never, i throw but he's never like a
0: dick about it he's just like he's like this is the opportunity that i had it.
1: and i know but love he, he nick is kroll. like the he is like spearheading like the He's a so, privileged comedy boom, which I think is kind of – it's a necessary voice in the comedy world, but it's, yeah. very, it's very interesting to me.
0: And It's funny too because I feel like networks like to pick that stuff up. Like I love the Duplass brothers, but I didn't watch their HBO show because I'm just so sick of TV shows of rich white people who have everything – who aren't happy. And it's not their fault. It's just it's been Yeah, what but what, are, but
1: so, what a, how are rich white people who have everything and are happy going to have a TV show to watch if someone doesn't make it for them?
0: Yeah. Like I watch Girls and I think that's the most I can handle of like rich white people problems at a certain point. Like I like it, but there's only so many of those shows I could watch. Like I watched That and Married. Actually, Married's not too rich or white people, so I like that. But like gir- like I love Girls, which I actually I don't consider a comedy, but I've gotten arguments with people about that and I say that because I don't laugh at it and I mm-hmm. know that Dunham's not a comedian which is mm-hmm. proof when she wrote that did you ever see that New New Yorker article New Yorker article she wrote like the difference between my dog and a Jewish boyfriend and
1: nope
0: yeah you should because it's supposed to be satire and if it wasn't her
1: what was the difference
0: Oh I don't remember but there was like it was like a Buzzfeed list of like they were they basically the idea is they' were all they're both the same. And um, it was, like, really offensive. If you were, like, not Lena Dunham, this is outrage because it was, like, what you said in your rant, like, anything could be funny, but it's fucking hard to make those jokes funny. She can't do it. And
1: Yeah, but why was it offensive? Because she swung and missed at the joke? Or yeah, the she jokes just kept
0: she, swinging and missing and saying, like, like really
1: over missed. and over again? Yeah, just
0: offensive things about Jewish
1: people. Her, um,
0: but, I mean, I like... I like her show as a drama. Like, I really think she's a brilliant, talented person, but I don't think she's funny. She's not a comedian.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I think I don't think girls is even labeled as a comedy anymore, is it? Like, it I, used I to be until it, the dude. Emmy
0: switched all their shit around.
1: Yeah, now they just don't care. Like, it didn't get nominated for. Well, the thing is, it, like,
0: it was because the, they called the, Orange the more is accurate the New Black portrayal a comedy,
1: of that. What's that?
0: They tried to call Orange Is the New Black a comedy. It's all just so they can win awards. It has nothing to do with the art of comedy. Well, I
1: don't think Orange Is the New Black has a snowball's chance in hell against Mad Men and. Um, yeah i think and that's Saul, why they put it in
0: comedy because they could probably they, they didn't they put
1: it in drama this year
0: yeah this year it was drama but it used to be comedy because oh, they changed yeah. it. it has to be a half hour anything over an hour can no longer be a comedy according what? to the
1: emmys yeah they changed it doesn't the rules. make any
0: fucking sense how oh. could anything it's the emmys they're what? fucking yeah isn't that stupid they changed all the rules around so comedies have to be a half hour long anything over a half hour is considered drama so that's why orange but that doesn't is make
1: long. any sense. Uh, oh please i'm well i can't well actually i can't think of a
0: but I also You're don't give a shit about, about, a about the Emmys, comedy. right? Because the most of the yeah. stuff, I, like, stuff I love the most doesn't get nominated, so fuck it.
1: Right, it's always... <laughs> like, Parks and well, Rec I mean... didn't get
0: any love, so fuck them.
1: Well, it did. Parks and Rec got nominated oh, for Oh, it did? Comedy... Yeah, Go Amy got nominated. Ah, oh, I love it. Um, what's it called? No- uh, Madman got nominated for writing twice, so they'll probably win that. I was
0: looking at the comedy ones, though. Like, it was tough, because it was like Silicon Valley, which I love, Veep, which I love...
1: Yeah, Veep was really good this season. Veep oh was my, incredible this season.
0: Ridiculously good. The, oh my god, it's it's. Oh, dude, that show is like ridiculous. I mean, speaking like, I and mean, that's a, someone who loves comedy, right? Because Julia Louis Dreyfus is like she grew up very, very wealthy, and then. Oh I mean, God,
1: yeah.
0: SNL Seinfeld. Uh, she had a show after that I didn't watch, and I like. Veep, uh,
1: the New Adventures of Old Christine. Yeah,
0: I heard it was good. The, I just never saw.
1: The it. A good show, yeah.
0: But like, I mean, Veep is just like. I mean, she has. They're in. There's no way that's an easy show to. Do. But then you have like Tony Hale and uh, Matt Walsh, right? That's Matt Walsh, the redhead. Yep. Yeah, I always confuse him and Besser.
1: But like. Besser is the crazy one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh God! Like that shows. So, and then those people I never knew of, like the all the side characters, like uh, like Jonah and Dan. Like I never knew those actors before, but now I love,
1: love. Oh yeah, them. they're great. Those those are all UCB people. Oh, like, they are. Right, oh yeah, they're all UCB oh, so graduates great. and students and stuff like. A lot of it's funny to see, because um, I, I took a class at UCB, but like I, the improv just I, I liked it and I appreciate the art form. It's just not my thing, um, and I really like watching good improv. And like so, like I kind of learned about that when I was there, and um, like yeah, it's funny because you can watch TV and it's like almost every good comic actor went through UCB at some point.
0: Yeah, I wish that someone needs to make that true. Like there is. I
1: mean, Dick, you can like
0: Is that on their site? I should look at that.
1: You could just look at their performers list and you could see all the people like I mean it's nuts. But it's, it's like nuts.
0: everyone, everyone, everyone. You're not even kidding when you say everyone. You're like talking about like the the writers of the biggest movies right now to like the yep. supporting role to like everyone.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy. I know. Like uh, it's it's uh it's pretty it's pretty insane how they have like their own little like between them and like Mr. Show and uh, Simpsons, and well Conan I guess like that they are like, they like responsible for comedy over the last like 30 years probably.
0: Yeah. Does that all stuff cuz the UCB people they all came from Second City.
1: Sorta. Of. They came from improv olympic with Oh, Close. okay, that's right. And actually Adam McKay was one of the founders of UCB. Um, Amy came a little bit later.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. And it was Adam like McKay- um
1: It was like Adam McKay, Horatio, Besser, Matt Walsh, Ian Roberts. And then they brought in – Amy came a little bit later and joined. But then the main – the UCB4, that is what people call them, are the ones that went to New York and really kind of started everything. And that was Besser, Roberts, Walsh, and Polder. But they're they're doing okay now, I think. (laughs) I think they've got things worked out.
0: Are you ever doing like? Is your show ever gonna get to a point where you pick like a city and do their history? I imagine that'd be really fucking hard. Um,
1: what the podcast? Yeah, for uh, history of comedy. I I mean, I would probably I would probably do that. I'm trying to like tw- I'm toying around with the format as I kind of do it more and more. Um, but uh, I, I think I could. I wouldn't mind doing like histories of cities and stuff like that like their comedy scenes but the yeah, thing is it's like
0: sell that to hbo do like the comedy version of uh sonic highways that would be oh, geez, yeah. so fascinating that, that's your idea you could have it take the money that would oh be, thanks that would be so fucking good i would i would pay to watch something like that like a history I of chicago Colin
1: quinn's pretty much doing that now but
0: oh he is actual
1: history oh colin quinn's doing like i don't know if you've seen like his last couple of specials have been like one was on the history of america the other one was on like the constitution and he's doing a new one which i think is based on his new book. well no i don't know if it's called the new york story where where he's talking about uh well i think the other ones are either on netflix or itunes or something the first two i don't know if constitutional has come out yet i think it has interesting but the first one is colin quinn does like his history of the world Seinfeld directed that. It's really good.
0: Seinfeld directed it?
1: Yeah. Wow. And then the second one, Constitutional, is really good. Um, And then he's working on his third one now. Um, It's called New York Story. And Seinfeld's directing this one, too. Seinfeld. Um, But yeah, it's cool because he's like... He's one of those guys that um, I always really liked. And then I don't think I really appreciated... Him until I moved to New York and saw him a bunch, and then I just realized he's the funniest person on the planet, probably if not, it, like he's just ridiculously funny. Like we've seen him, I've seen, I saw him open for my friend uh, during his special taping, and then I've all, uh, like a the huge theater, and I've also seen him do uh, like a run through on a Sunday night in a back room in a bar in Brooklyn. So like, he's like still like doing like everything like stand up comics. You think that get to his level would stop doing, but he's still doing it because he just likes it. He's like one of the greatest guys in the world. He you
0: opened, he opened for your friend or your friend. Well, my friend,
1: him? Eddie Peppitone had a special taping at. Um, oh, 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 at Bell House. oh,
0: Eddie's the fucking man. Um, oh yeah. I, he's I, great. Uh, he was just on an episode of uh, We Are Not Here to Please You, which is like based out of Finland. Who I've like, become like podcast friends with those guys, and that uh, was such a great episode. did well, really. he
1: do that when he was over in Amsterdam? No, he did he on Skype.
0: Got... So he was in New York. He's like I think he's in... they're like, Well, he about, lives in LA. Oh, he does. I don't know where he lived then, but yeah, it was so.
1: That's weird. funny. But you probably met them when he was in Amsterdam because he just got back from there. He's going to Montreal next week. He's got like a which that... is big, so.
0: Oh, you know what? I'm, I think I'm confusing Pepitone with someone different right now. As I, I'm going to take that part out because I totally fucked that up.
1: No, it's okay. <laughs> I you know Eddie Pepitone Standel? is. Yeah,
0: I was thinking of Eddie Brill. Sorry. Oh, Eddie Brill.
1: Eddie Brill's another great... I love Eddie Brill. Yeah, he's he was nice. on We
0: Are Not, Not Here to Please You, which was a... Fu- he, so that's... But, yeah, Eddie Pepitone. Oh, yeah, I actually... He's like an old guy I never knew about until... Uh, all the guys I like kept referencing him. Same thing with music. Like, I just kept hearing Louis C.K. or, like, he was on Nerdist. And I was like, oh, right. no one likes this Pepitone guy. I should look into him. Holy well, shit. I remember
1: I found out about Eddie watching Comedians of Comedy, the movie, when, like, Patton Oswalt lifts off, lists off all these comics he liked. Eddie is, like, one of the first people he said. So I looked into him, and then uh, God, we met a few years ago now. We've been friends for a little while. He's, he was in L.A. I don't see him that much. But, oh, that's um, so crazy. Um, yeah.
0: You know what? I wanted to bring up. Um, so I live in Providence, which had a cool. not good comedy experience. And I remember the day after you kind of were going off on Twitter, which I agreed with you after a poor, one of my favorite comedians, Kurt Braunholer, got attacked up here.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Which, to, in in uh, in defense, it actually wasn't in Providence. It was the town over. It's one of those shitty ass. Well, clubs. it's Rhode
1: Island. How far could it yeah. be?
0: It was literally like uh, six inches over the border. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a really shitty comedy club, and
1: um, in East well, what Providence. Club is it?
0: called the comedy connection that's supposed to be a pretty good club
1: yeah i've heard good things about it the club is nice kurt got jumped but yeah
0: the crowd that goes there is a little more bro-y and not like because i've I've seen i've seen kurt perform here somewhere different and it was like it was him and eugene merman and it was fucking great and uh and then yeah i don't know the whole story i guess some random crazy dude just attacked him
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, I guess he didn't like a joke he told or something. Yeah,
0: I felt really bad, because I'm like, if I was Kurt, I would never come back here. I was like, damn it, no, I'll never see Kurt. But I didn't even go to that show, because I was like, ah, fuck it, I hate that club, I'm not going.
1: Oh, it's really, you don't don't like it that much?
0: Yeah, well, I just don't like, I like, I'm, I'm weird, I like small theaters, and like, um... I don't, because people who go there treat it as a bar that happens to have comedy, and I will only go there if I know the comedian and I want to listen to every word and, like, dissect the joke and get, like, real into it, and it's not mm-hmm. that kind of place. It's just like, hey, there's comedy here. Get drunk.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where I make my living, so I can't, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, knock it. I like, I like clubs a lot better than theaters.
0: Yeah. We have a really small theater called the Columbus Theater that's, like, it's a nonprofit that holds, like, the upstairs has, like, 300 people. And I think that's where I saw Kurt and I saw the Daily Show tour and they um like uh Kyle Kinane, and so they bring a lot of good alt scene stuff through that theater. Oh, awesome. I really like I like the and uh Nick Thune came through and like it's cool. They've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um but Kurt Braunholler, I was really impressed by his uh set when I saw because he was like really funny and then he had like a really, really, really heavy, long joke which I didn't expect from him and it was it was so fucking great. I actually liked him better than Eugene Merman, who I really like. But his, mm-hmm. set, his that set that night, he wasn't that great. Hmm. Things,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it it's kind of like what you're saying. Like, it's it's. I'm sure there were people in that crowd that disagree with you. That's oh, the okay, great yeah, thing absolutely. about comedy is that there's probably someone that was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Eugene mm-hmm. was so much it, like it's. It's so weird when like like you like theaters, I like clubs. Like it's 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 such a weird it, thing. It just hits you different, yeah. Like it's how, like, a, like yeah. the,
0: the whole point of a variety show, right? You have like four acts and hopefully one of them hit. Like when I saw the Daily Show, like I liked all the comedians on the Daily Show tour, but Matt Kauf was the one that I felt like was my sensibility compared to the rest of the guys.
1: They're all well, great. Well, Jordan you know. Klepler. He was good. I've, he was I've really good. i seen him good. a few times. He's pretty good, yeah. I was I actually I, impressed. I, well, with Jordan? Well, he's more of an improv guy. But yeah, like, yeah he's, uh, he's, he's a really good stand-up too.
0: And there was uh, one guy, uh, Trayvon Free, was really good. And I don't mean to be insulting because I'm, I'm totally not, but like, um, he, could just, he probably just didn't seem ready to be be there. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Really, and,
1: Trayvon? Trayvon's great. Yeah, he was really. He, like, you could just he's have a great an joke writer. Rate.
0: Yeah, like he was funny, but I don't know. Matt seemed to have more stage presence, and that's just my opinion. But I think Trayvon was really funny, but Matt Cough was just so fucking funny.
1: Yeah, I, li- I love Matt. He's but, great.
0: But I felt I so like bad for poor Kurt, like that poor dude, right? Like to get t- I mean, That's not supposed to happen.
1: No, it shouldn't, but we're living in a place where it's incre- – this sounds really stupid and condescending and privileged, but, um, like, it's it's. – we're living in a world where it's increasingly more, like, dangerous to be a performer. Like, and I, I don't really mean that just for comics. I mean that for anybody that's putting themselves out there is now, like – I mean – it you the best that you can hope for really is that it just sticks to online shittiness you know
0: yeah it's true. like
1: like that but there's always like that weird i mean luckily i'm a nobody i don't have you know i think my only fan is probably adrian like it's probably <laughs> you and him are probably it like i don't think i had and then my wife and my dog if that counts like i have four fans i know everybody that likes my stuff so I'm not too worried about it but I can't imagine like there's always got to be like a tipping point for like people that get to a certain level where and it's it, it used to be you would have to be gigantic before anything weird like that would happen but now everything is getting so niche and 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 people are getting much more passionate and they're rallying around it and because they're meeting more and more people that share their interests that you're seeing like like, like there are huge celebrities I've never heard of. Like I just found out about this, uh, this uh, PewDiePie, this YouTube uh, guy that made seven million dollars last year. I just found out about him. I have and no idea made, who that is. Oh, see, okay, it's not just me. He's a guy who, like, I'm not knocking his hustle. I, I took some shots at him online, and I got corrected immediately by people who are like, "You shouldn't do that. He works really hard. He's annoying just because you don't understand it." And they put me in my place, and I was like, "Great." That makes me feel old and like a dick, but at the same time, I've learned something, so it was good. But, like, it was, it's like, I've never heard of it. He, like, comments on people playing video games. Oh, I just learned
0: about that myself. Let's play? Something like that? Yeah, I don't know. People play video games and talk over it, and I was like, okay, not for me.
1: Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, it's, people like that are getting, like, huge, and there's all these other little pockets. So, really, what back in the day, like, you needed to be like, I'm trying to think of, like, who would have been, like, a massive star, like, 20 years ago. Like, George Clooney on ER Big is how big you'd have to get before, like, you would really start to notice the weirdos. But, like, it's happening so much sooner for people yeah. now. Like, he, Kurt's, Kurt's big in my world. You know what I mean? Like, he's a big deal to me and, like, my, my friends and my colleagues and... You know, people I I hang out with, but like, I can't imagine outside of the comedy world.
0: My parents don't know who he is.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, like you used to be like, uh, literally had to be a household name before you would get like a stalker. Like now it's happening to people that are like, I don't know, people that have like 5000 Twitter followers. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's weird. It's really strange.
0: YouTube fans are a different breed because I used to work with some people who are a lot younger than me. It's like maybe they're like in their 20s. And the way they can – and I'm not, not – this is an old man. I'm not knocking it. But they were like it, – it's actually this girl, Casey Bilk. She was on the show like a long time ago. Her, my friend Ashley Hogue, they came on. Mm-hmm. And um, she had interned at the – she was going to N- NYU and doing intern for uh, Shakespeare in the Park. So she mm-hmm. got to work with John Lithgow like a lot. And I was like, purple. I was like, oh my God, what's it like? John Bullock, she's like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. Nice guy. Which is cool to hear, right? And then mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about, like, uh, Grace Helbig. And she, like, freaks out. She's like, oh my God, if I met Grace Helbig, I don't know what I would do. And it was just, she, and I like Grace Helbig. Oh, she's, yeah. She's great, but, like, oh, the, the she, YouTube? Yeah, maybe? the YouTube turned, and now she like TV. And, I mean, she's great, but it was just like, I love John Lithgow because I love, grew up with his work. Uh, well, mm-hmm. mostly Third Dark from the Sun. And she grew up with. And her sense of Grace helping is she's like, I watch her YouTube show three times a week. I know every little detail. And it was just like, so per- I don't get YouTube it. YouTube a it. personal connection, right? Like, that's the thing. Like,
1: Well, I think it gives the appearance of that. I don't necessarily know that it actually is, though. Oh, I, I don't that's think the it problem. is either, but- I think that's, that's the problem and the line that keeps getting crossed with people, is that this, and and you know how it is, because like you, like, and, and certainly I do as well, and probably a lot of our friends, like we consider like people we've never met friends that we talk to online every day. Yeah, but I know and, that we're
0: not friends, but it feels that way.
1: Yeah. I but know it feels difference. that way. Like you get, you still get kind of mad at them if they do jerky shit and you have to be like, wait a minute, I just know this person online.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, it's like, it happens to me. Like I have a couple of really good friends that I, I talk to every day, like privately that I've never met. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's very strange to me that that is like that's happened. But like, it's been, we've known each other for six, seven years now. Like, I, we've just never, like, they live in different states, and that's how we communicate, and it feels weird to say that, but, like, that is so common now, and I think what happens is th- there are these little communities, and it's an amazing thing, and they help a lot of people, but I think that mentality will then trans- transfer to performers that have these big followings, and they can. Uh, I think it's not the people's fault that they can't differentiate between, you know, Grace Helbig and their friend on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, I don't think I think that's a very natural and understandable thing, but it, it, it's, it's also going to be, you know, in my opinion, going to be a thing that people need to get past, which is probably, it's probably going to happen. Cause it's probably the same thing happened when TV first came out and radio, you know, when oh, people yeah, were getting right. that closer, like, do you have access to people that are, you know, quote unquote famous now? Well, so yeah, like,
0: I could talk to, fa- I mean, I got to go to a stand up show, see a comedian Talk mm-hmm. to them on Twitter and then have them come on my podcast.
1: Right. Yeah, well, it's nuts. I'm
0: I'm sane. I get it. That's it's cool. And it was Skype. We didn't meet in person. Blah blah blah. That didn't happen seven seven years ago. That didn't happen.
1: No, it could have happened seven years. I remember like one of my uh, my a couple of my friends again that I've never met, but I still call them my friends. Um, used to put uh, do a podcast called Audio Assault. And I remember the first time I did it as a guest, I skyped in, and it was years ago, and it was awful. Like, and then the next time I did it, not awful because of them, awful because of the technology. And yeah. then the next time I did it, it was a few months later and it was better. And then the last couple of times I did it, it was amazing. And I was like, look at how far that's come. Like, that's, right. like, you have this amazing ability to access people and get to know people. And I think, it's amazing. I think that's really great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's like podcasts I listen to every week and then, um, I, it's called going off track, which based on New York, I just, uh, it's really comedy and music. Um, Vanessa Bear's brother is one of the hosts, who's also like a big guy in the music music world. And so, mm-hmm. like, I got this like one-sided relationship with Steven and Jonah, and then they came on my show. And I was like, that never happened before. Like, you usually become yeah. a fan, and then that's it. And I'm like, huh. I mean, I know we're not friends because we never met each other, but it's it's weird. Like, I'm like, I, I kind of know you. It's it, it's a weird thing, and I, I think the next generation will grow up with it fine because it's all they'll ever know. Mm-hmm. but we're in the middle of it We're like, I kind of remember meeting people before the Internet. I've never met Adrian. I swear I've never met him in person, but, like, I've talked to him many times online all the time. Like, we become, like, Internet – same thing. Like, we talk, like, probably, like, once a week on the Internet. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I've been,
0: been on a couple of his shows. He's been on here. He's guest-hosted, and then, like, we try to set mm-hmm. stuff up. It's just – it's cool, but I guess there's always the flip side, but I'm, I'm happy with it so far because, I mean – I mean, I have a comedy podcast, but, like, I work in mental health and have a job and a whole life that's separate from this, and this is, like, this little right. thing that could never exist, and, I'm like, it's just for fun. It's just cool. Like, you could do it for a couple hundred bucks or less nowadays. Well, definitely less.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can do it for nothing if you really yeah, want to get really just, cheap with it.
0: You can just use your phone, but, yeah. Well, that's
1: the thing, though. Like, you can do – like, it, it's 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 super strange to me, like, how, uh, how you can do all this stuff for cheap – and people give it away for free. I know. And then now it's like when you try to like make a living doing it, there's this weird kind of resistance. Like it's very hard to get to a point and you know this, like you're like what you do with your podcast, like it seems like it's very hard to get to a point where you can actually make money off of this stuff. Oh, so like yeah. that's why I, I put on a lot of my own stuff. Not not that I I ever make money putting on my own shows, but like it's it's something that like I feel like if you keep doing and keep producing stuff and you keep giving people opportunities and you just do it. I, I do it because I, I love comedy so much that I just want to give people a chance to do it. And I've stopped really thinking about like, oh, I could make a lot of money on the show. Like really what I'm thinking now is like how do I get out there and work with people and partner with people that like comedy as much as I do and want to do cool things with it so like this tour that we're planning in in the fall which is gonna go from Portland down to la we're gonna to try to do it in like eight days um, we just got our first booking last night actually in Portland um oh congrats oh yeah thanks it's at a place called the way post um, it's way out it's in the October it's gonna be October 12th on Columbus day so it's you know, fuck that guy would we'll take his heat. But, um... Uh, so we're trying to put it together. And, like, the, the sticky part is, it's like, okay, the Facebook page is free. <laughs> the email address is free. The Twitter account's free. Like, the pictures and, like, like the promotional stuff is free because uh, my co-producer, Kevin Ricotta, is an amazing graphic designer.
0: I feel like I've uh, heard his name before. Does he...
1: No, he's pretty big on Twitter. He's, yeah. He's... He's really really funny like he's one of i think probably like one of the biggest hidden gems in stand up he doesn't really do it that much but um you know he just moved to seattle and he's now he's moving to portland yes well he actually moved there yesterday oh, um nice. but he's going to be settling in there and i think he's really going to get back into it but like uh, there's there, there are like if someone was like louis ck is doing an hour for free at your favorite bar where kevin ricotta is doing five minutes for twenty dollars at the comedy club i would go go to the comedy club and watch kevin like he, not, not very many people make me laugh as hard as he does Interesting. but like he's uh, also a really good designer um so he like does all our promotional stuff but like now it's like we're at a point where it's like okay we're starting to get bookings we're starting to get shows and we're starting to plan the itinerary and now we're realizing, oh, shit, plane tickets cost money still. <laughs> like, yep. like, like, oh, no, all this stuff that we were so happy about. And now it's like, oh, shit, getting to Portland from New York City is not cheap. Getting to Portland
0: yeah.
1: from Rochester is not cheap because that's where our, my other co-producer, Mike Cefaldi, is coming in from Rochester. So we're doing it from three different cities <laughs> in three different parts of the country and trying to coordinate it. And it's like, well, now we're trying to, like, find sponsors and now we're trying to, like work out like something with venues that will at least like help with like costs and stuff. But you know, none of that, I don't think any of that will ever like stop us from doing it just because we like doing comedy so much Yeah. that as long as we can get like a stage in a crowd, we'll be pretty happy. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's once you murky up the waters with like really concentrating on like the month, like monetizing it, it can be, it can, it could, it could, it, uh, hurt your momentum as an artist, I guess, is what, what I am trying Absolutely. to get
0: to. Well, um, thanks so much for doing this. I just have two last things for you. Um, yeah, yeah. You're in the New York scene, so who who should people be checking out in the New York Comedy Club scene besides you? Oh,
1: well. I who are, you, to who are your friends? Um, like your
0: go to self I would say
1: if, you know, I, I love Mark Normand. He's one of my favorites. Um, Rachel Feinstein, if people can go see her. Oh, I love her. her. Yeah, if, well, a lot of people do she doesn't get enough credit I don't think I think she's an amazing comedian um, Michelle Wolf is great She she's on Late Night with Seth Meyers I'm trying to think but like but in terms of like people that people might not have heard of yet um, Sam Ruddy is a really great comic she's doing a lot of really good stuff um, Jordan Temple is really good uh, Niles Turner Lucas Kaiser Tim Duff B's X1 Sue Smith trying to jeez there's so many good that's a, that's another annoying part of being alive in a comic in 2015 is that's that there are many. so many comedians and so many of them are very good like I wish yeah. at least some of them would be terrible so it'd be easier for me <laughs> um JF Harris is really good he's coming up he just moved to LA Dan Fisher I don't know if I said him jeez um, I could just keep going I just oh sammy Bernowski Daniel Sim- Simonson... Simmonson uh Julia Lundy, Alice Oh, my God. I'm, 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 this whole podcast is going to turn yeah, into, yeah. like, the Vietnam Memorial. They're all going to
0: hear this, and they're going to say thank you for plugging them.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's Maybe. all I'm doing. Awesome. No one else and gets then, the uh, niceness out of me.
0: Where can people find you online? And I'll put a plug in the front, too, but it's always just cool Oh, cool.
1: Um, well, right now, the, you know, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter, Lachaste, L-A-C-H-A-S-E-D. Um, L-A-C-H-A-S-E-D. Um, but really, I'm trying to get – a lot of people behind this like new production group because we start we're actually starting to put on shows in new york city august 2nd at bunga's den um so if people want to find mood swing comedy on facebook that's where a lot of our stuff is so like either on twitter or facebook i'm um, just like everybody else <laughs> like, i'm not yeah. that original
0: no that's great and uh well thank you so much for doing this and yeah could, man guys, come you guys are you and your guys come back anytime and like promote your shit
1: it's awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's great. Uh well yeah, I'll I'll thank you. I'll thank you. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Chris. See ya.